everyone, and welcome to this special issue of the Museum Podcast. We've taken over for Peter Philbin to provide some special content related to Professor Aaron Nolan's documentary photography class. Shout out Professor Nolan. My name is Izzy. And I'm Carly. This episode will be a dive into all things Donna Ferrata, starting out with her image that inspired it all, Immaculate Conception. In Donna Ferrato's 1994 Black and White Immaculate Conception, a lesbian couple stands proudly holding their newborn child and kissing, framed in the background by a painted wall mural. The caption written beside this image in Ferrato's book, Holy, reads, Cotta McGraw, Azor, and J. Pope, Northampton, Massachusetts, 1994. The mothers impregnated each other with a turkey baster. Their second child, Zephyr, also had a drop of help from the same donor. Oh, okay. This image, while also prideful, is an image of feminism, and Ferrato is no stranger to feminism in her photography. Usually, however, it's from a different angle. So how does Donna's representation of feminism through her photography both speak for the history and the future of feminism? Well, let's take a look. Donna Ferrato is not one to leave minorities out of the story. Her photography represents all women, across race, class, and sexual orientation. We can start with her book, Living with the Enemy. In this book, Donna Ferrato documents women that are victims of domestic violence. It is set up as a chronological timeline of women being hurt and then asking for help, women leaving with their children and staying in women's shelters, women protesting, but women going back to their abusers, women fighting their abusers, and then going to prison. It details specific women's stories that Ferrato met in the 10 years it took to complete this series. To quote Donna in that 1991 book, I went to demonstrations and conferences, hung around courtrooms and hospital emergency rooms, rode with police, sat in on batterers therapy groups and women's self-defense classes, and lived in women's shelters and women's prisons. I stayed in the violent homes of the very rich and the very poor. Domestic violence knows no economic boundaries. Yeah. Frado is a hands-on photographer with a no hesitation to sacrifice her own comfort to help others. She dove into this horrifying world of domestic violence, ready to blend into the background and do what she could to make a difference. And she uses her camera as a weapon for good, and won the W. Eugene Smith grant in 1985 to help her with this project and continue her work to aid victims of domestic violence. In her work to illustrate victims, Ferrato emphasized the miserable nature of families, especially women and children, suffering abuse. But Immaculate Conception is a little different. In Immaculate Conception, similarly to many of her other images, Ferrato still plays with grayscale. You're right. Ferrato does this to remove distractions. In this image, it suggests that the presence of queer families is uncomplicated, a black and white issue. And yet, even in grayscale, this imagery is vivid with patterns and colors reflecting a scene of pure joy. The mismatched patchwork fabrics on all three subjects' clothing clearly convey color, even if no color is present. One of the two kissing women is clad in a soft dress, covered in contrasting patterns, and has pin-straight hair, while her partner wears a pale crop top with more geometric, clean patterning, and white jeans, has coyly curled hair, and is clearly smiling into the kiss. Her mouth is turned upwards, and her eyes are crinkled in the corner. This contrast in hair and clothing types adds to the uniqueness of their family unit, as does the fact that they're alone in the image. 
But this is not unique in a bad way, rather the powerful joy associated with the women's free, untied hair and colorful clothing suggest a radical happiness in this seemingly unconventional family. The idea of queer joy, like that we see in Immaculate Conception, was becoming more open around the mid-90s. So let's look briefly at queer history and culture around 1994. For his 1993 keynote speech in Outright, John Preston wrote this, Maybe I had some secrets to keep, but they weren't as important as being a valued member of my community. And this tracks as we observe queer culture in the 1990s, a time of emergence, of resistance to societal norms, and of more visible queerness. Public displays of affection, weddings, rallies, and in the case of Immaculate Conception, families, formed a joyful rebellion. Outright was a conference of queer writers that met every year from 1990 to 1989. It was a major turning point in history for queer people in the wake of the AIDS pandemic a time of deep social ostracization for queer people in the United States, especially gay men. The queer community was recovering and repairing, which came from visibility and joyful celebration. According to Julie Enzer, lives and history were changed at Outright. The conference solidified continuing partnerships between queer women and men, contributing to the forging of an acronym, LGBT, that we recognize today. Immaculate Conception reflects this joy of the time period. And as Preston reflected in his 1993 speech, the AIDS pandemic silenced many in the queer community, both the diagnosed like Preston and those around them. That AIDS diagnosis was what shut me up, Preston wrote. For years, queer relationships, sex, and publicity were looked down upon as diseased. But Preston continues on to describe how the AIDS pandemic also brought the queer community together. Specifically, Preston describes transcribing AIDS patients' dictated letters to be read after their deaths, giving power to the queer word. This connection paved the way for queer gatherings such as Outright. Wow. In her poems for Outright in 1993, Kate Russian wrote of the power of queer joy brought on by its inherent rebellion against societal norms. Her Your full-length street corner kiss is seasoned with excitement, and rebellion, she wrote, of kissing another woman on an open street. This is the outward queer joy as a means of rebellion we see in Immaculate Conception. The bliss on the faces of the kissing new mothers, the purity of a new baby, the proud standing, all spit in the face of those who would suggest that queer families and relationships are diseased, abnormal, or unnatural. Of course, this period of increased social visibility and vulnerability was not exactly met with universal public support. In 1997, three years after Immaculate Conception was taken, Ellen DeGeneres came out as lesbian both publicly and in the form of her on-screen Ellen character in her sitcom Ellen. While this episode, called the puppy episode, actually earned Ellen a Primetime Emmy Award, it was not revered by all. And since, queer scholars have debated whether it was truly a positive mo moment for the movement, says Nancy Lesko, viewers are more accepting of those who do not flaunt their sexual preferences in what is seen as vulgar ways, including displaying their sexual selves in public. Therefore, a view of more typical lesbian life via the mothers in Immaculate Conception could further the visibility of gay people living their lives as they see fit and not as heteronormativity sees fit or it could lead to more rejection of their message because their image was so-called unsavory. Regardless, public acts of resistant bravery such as Ellen's and that of the mothers in Immaculate Conception paved the way for more social acceptance of public queerness. 
So how does Immaculate Conception really match Ferrato's other work? What similarities are there? An excerpt that stood out to me from Living with the Enemy, which was completed in 1991, was that Ferrato said before she witnessed domestic violence on an assignment for a magazine, she had been photographing the beauty of people in love. Love and violence are not opposites, but unfortunately are often found together. Domestic violence is common, affecting an estimation of 10 million people a year just in the United States. You know, I find this fascinating because our spotlight image here, Immaculate Conception, is in fact representative of the beauty of people in love. However, that image was taken in 1994, after Ferrato had just spun around for 10 years and only photographed violent relationships. And side note, while the photography of personal, physical violence seems intrusive without context, as if Ferrato was sitting back and photographing women being hurt, she actually worked with the police on house calls, so these women were not completely alone with just their attackers and Ferrato. That's good context there. These photos of domestic violence are actually both about love, and the difference is the level of safety involved. Cadam McGraw and Jay Pope are safe with each other, but not always safe from the public. The couples and living with the enemy are not safe from one another, but their love is judged in a different way than McGraw and Pope's is. In comparison, Ferrato holds structural similarities in some of her images. The placement or posing in her photograph of a couple, Tim and Pam, in Living with the Enemy is the same as Immaculate Conception. The couple take up most of the frame, sitting next to each other with a photo of their child in the middle. Tim was court-ordered anger management classes, and until his anger issues were resolved, the couple could not have their kid back from child services. The couple's faces are serious and filled with depression, while the printed out image of the child shows joy, but also naivete. Wow. The emotions of the subjects are actually flipped from Immaculate Conception, where our couple is giving off nothing other than joy, but the infant seems annoyed, tired, or upset. Seeing how two photographs by the same photographer, structured the same, with similar subjects even, can invoke such contrasting emotions shows the diversity in both Ferrato's work and the human ability to display feelings with only facial expressions. An image from Living with the Enemy that is not structurally similar to Immaculate Conception, but instead shares some of the same emotional context, is of a woman named Kim, with her face filled with relief and happiness, holding her infant in her arms, with the child's back to the camera. The pure motherly love felt by holding your own child is displayed both in this image and in Immaculate Conception. The wider context of feminism present in Immaculate Conception goes beyond Ferrato's own messages. So let's talk about what we see behind Pope and McGraw, a proud mural depicting many women's rights movements. This mural provides a message of continued solidarity, and perhaps more importantly, affirms the argument of Immaculate Conception, that queer rights are the natural next step for feminism and for society. The mural behind the family depicts suffrage and women's rights movements of apparently different eras and women of multiple races. The mural was painted by five women in 1980, Lisa Bond, Mariah Fee, Susan Pointius, Rochelle Shikoff, and Wednesday Sorkin. The painted women carry signs declaring ERA and votes for women, remnants of past civil rights movements whose effects are still vital in American life today. In this way, the mural background appears as a supporting history for the couple's rights and family, as if to clearly portray that the rights of gay people, specifically women, are directly correlated with and just as necessary as previous civil rights movements that are well regarded and preserved as heroic in history, 
and not only are gay rights correlated, but also supported by the precedent of previous civil rights movements. Therefore, women on the mural are actually watching the couple in support. One in the center even has her fist up, as if to show support and continued fight. Ferrado's camera is on the same level or even a little lower than the couple, so the women have almost a heroic stance. And with the painted women framing them, they almost become part of the mural, the next step in the progression of women's rights. The combined vivid joy emphasized by the couple's clothing, hair, colors, and demeanor, combined with the historical impact of the women's rights movement's mural behind them, sends a clear message from Ferrado and the couple. Not only are gay rights necessary and inevitable, they are also a fundamental next step in the progression towards complete civil rights. This photograph as a whole represents the work of the women whose voices were not always uplifted, and how their struggles lead to, led to a family such as this being free to exist. And speaking of women whose voices were not always uplifted, this ties right back into Ferrado's own work. Most notably, a sign declaring Take Back the Night can be seen above the crowd of painted women. An important symbol of 1970s feminist movements, Take Back the Night refers to marches and rallies by women to oppose violence against women and violent pornography. The movement has continued with major gatherings through 2023. It's incredible how relevant this mural still is. I know, right? But other symbols appear as well. One declares votes for women, hailing the suffrage movements of the 20th century and previously. And another sign declares pride, which is precisely the message of Immaculate Conception. These unique callbacks emphasize the importance of considering same-sex couples' rights as an important piece of feminism. You know, in the beginning of Ferrata's book, Living with the Enemy, Anne Jones wrote an introduction that provided a brief history of women's civil rights as was relevant to the topic of the images. She mentions the opponents of the 1964 Civil Rights Acts added the category of sex to make it too ridiculous to pass the law. She also mentions, as I write, Senate Bill 2754, a bill to combat violence and crimes against women on the streets and in homes, dies with the 101st Congress. For Ferrato, interlacing different pieces of women's rights is not new. By placing Pope and McGraw beside this history, Ferrato places queer rights as the logical next step for feminism. Although Donna Ferrato's most famous subject matter was not queer rights, she dove into the subject masterfully with Immaculate Conception. Contrasting her typically angry photographs with an image of joy and love, Ferrato emphasizes the importance of queer joyful resistance as the next step of feminism, with a history of women's rights behind them backing them up. Great. Thank you so much for listening. This was the Bates Museum of Art podcast, Documentary Photography Edition. I'm Izzy. And I'm Carl.